Dog Sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and race the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Warwardale, joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu. Chris! How you doing, buddy? Good. Very good. How are you? Ah, you know, I, uh, you know, fighting the good fight every day. And, uh, just trying to adjust to the new normal, and, uh, trying to adjust to the fact that uh, everyone I deal with in the world seems to be an idiot. Wow. Well, present present company excluded, of course. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. You, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who I deal with in the world who is providing me a service tends to be an seems to be an idiot. Oh man, there's someone I have in mind, but we won't go down that road. I <laughs> that, okay. And if, if that person does happen to be listening, I'm not talking about you. You're doing a great job, and I genuinely mean that. Oh yeah. No, I. <laughs> Oh man, no. But I, when I, I, to bring people a little behind the curtain here, I, I thought that you had really reached a level of zen. Usually, I, I feel mm -hmm. like before these calls, it's either we have to jump right in because I'm late, or, um, you know, or you know, there's there's just some some um, grievances to be aired out of mm -hmm. time. But I found that you know maybe they they were grievances possibly being aired, but your mm -hmm. your demeanor throughout the airing of them was more like factual rather than um why uh, i yeah i think there's a better <laughs> word than that but i was i was trying to be careful in my usage but yeah we'll go with windy no you're not not that but you know more just like accepting so i i applaud you on that and we'll see if that carries over through into the show i mean you can you can only expend so much energy complaining about the same shit week in week out you know wow look at that is this going to be a philosophical show? Does do we do we have a sponsor for that? It is this this episode of the Underdog brought to you by Zen. <laughs> Isn't there a there Zen? actually is an app? I'm pretty yeah, sure it's called Zen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm spending this much time trying to plug some ad that has no ties to the the show. But it's the world we live in now. Like I said, the new normal. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Uh, I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at some interesting lines and stuff like that. Uh, but before we get into that on Shukana, <laughs> well, a lot. Let's let's talk about basketball real quick. The uh, the NBA Summer League has just ended. Uh, the a somewhat fun but ultimately meaningless endeavor that is the NBA Summer League. Do you have any thoughts whatsoever from your Chicago Bulls summer league team? Um, well, Io DeSumo was out there. Uh, actually had some pretty good per-game averages. We talked about Patrick Williams last week. I thought mm -hmm. that he, you know, he did what, I, you know, as a Bulls fan you would hope that he would do. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really all you can take away from them. I would say, on the whole, it was fun to see the rookies get out there and, and perform the way they did. Really, all of the top picks in my mind, did did pretty damn well. Um, obviously, a lot of them had abbreviated versions of the Summer League, which is an abbreviated version of the real thing, but <laughs> still still nice, I'm sure, for the, the fans of those teams to see their guys in action. And then I loved Sacramento, just total, their Twitter and social media team just 
totally embracing the absurdity of winning this and and the rangs thing did you see that the hashtag no, I didn't see. that was pretty funny it's uh yeah they <laughs> they're basically selling fake i think it's fake merch or just kind of like parody merchandise where um because they want it they they're they have like fake banners up in their merch and yeah oh man that's, ex- that's exciting. Congratulations to the Sacramento Kings Summer League squad. The Rangs. The Rangs. Amazing. I'm going to, I got to get some merch. Yeah, absolutely. That's, this is all I'm going to wear from now on. Led by the likes of, I, I mean, actually, I was just saying that almost all the good rookies look good. One of the guys that we both liked, I know I really liked him, Davion Mitchell, mm-hmm. did not do much at all. No. <laughs> he was probably one of the least impressive rookies in this in the Summer League, but. You know, when you've got the likes of Lewis King and and <laughs> Ch- Chimmy Metu, then, I mean, how are you going to lose? How did Metu only get suspended one game for throwing a punch? That was crazy. <laughs> what is this? Is this like the 1980s? Yeah, apparently. Oh, and another Antetokounmpo won a title. So there's there's that. Well, that uh, it was the Kings. So that it wasn't Alex. So it was. Uh, it was Alex. Oh, yeah. was it? A- Alex was on that team? Yeah, I guess Alex must have. Transferred over there from the Lakers at some point. Well, Co- uh, Costas was on the Lakers. Oh, Costas. Okay. Wait, uh, so is he yeah, the fourth? Oh, he must be the fourth. Alex is the fourth one. He was playing internationally. Right. He played uh, like Mil- like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or some some very small school for a year, I think. Well, how about this, aren't you? I, I guess, uh, and I missed this as well. But uh, Brooklyn's Cam Thomas and Sacramento's Davion Mitchell were co-MVPs of the 2021 NBA Summer League. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, Mitchell did not have a good final. I know that, but yeah. I'm looking to see uh, what Mitchell ended up doing. They joined Peyton Pritchard and two others whose names I can't immediately find on the, uh, the first team All-NBA <laughs> Summer League. Exciting times. Wow, yeah, this is the the hot content people tune into the underdog for right here. Look, if if we can't let you know what's going on in summer league action, I don't know who will. A Couple solid of... four points and minus six for Mitchell in the final, by the way. Yeah, this uh, this NBC Sports Edge, I believe, formerly Roto World. Uh, article here or at least blurb here says that Mitchell on the other hand made his biggest impact on the defensive end as he was the catalyst for the Sacramento Kings who went on to win the summer league championship after he locked up Peyton Pritchard holding him to his worst performance yet in Las Vegas wow there you go so I guess the moral of the story is if you can guard Peyton Pritchard you can be MVP (laughs) of the summer league (laughs) that should be like on their banner, like their tagline or something. If you can guard Peyton Pritchard, you can win Summer League MVP. I mean, they should all be playing in it. For sure. A couple of interesting moves this week. Marcus Smart re-ups four years, $77.1 million. Are you at all surprised that he got sub-20 million in the the way that the market is shaped out? Uh, yeah, I, I am. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that did get $20 million, um, you'd think that Smart falls into that group, especially really entering his prime at 27 or, or maybe just exiting it at the end of this, um, this run. But yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a good deal for the Celtics because smart, as long as they're in the running for any big stars and have any assets to trade, you got to think that smart is going to be one of those fillers. And if he's making under 20, it gives you the opportunity 
to, you know, to combine him with somebody else and get, you know, a player of actual value. How crazy is it that we've come to a place where we're talking about, oh, he doesn't even make $20 million. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that is a thing. That's like, you know, you look at the Supermax, what that's at now, and you're like, oh, was it a risk? I I think I was watching some program yesterday where it was like, was it a risk for the Sixers to re-up with, (laughs) with Embiid at the max? And it's like, no, you idiots. Like that's, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's the, the ante now it's just yeah. like the pot odds that you have to do it and uh yeah i mean for, for them to get smart at that number is crazy yeah i mean look uh mb does sign the four-year super max he'll be making 54 million 54.2 million dollars in that 20 26 2027 season his age 32 season and like i'm okay with this i now 32, for the record, is the last age I would be okay locking him in long-term, uh, knowing what we know at this point. But that's just, that's the, like you said, the cost to play the game. Look at, look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is going to be making $52.4 million in his age 30, the age 36 season. Oh, man, yeah. Or like, you know, Lowry and Paul and, you know, Westbrook. I know that, I, like... To me, it's a no-brainer because I still think Embiid can be the can be the best player on a championship team. And for sure, you know he needs a better second fiddle. Clearly, but I mean he's he's in that very elite select group, and to me that's that's the group that all merit super max and maybe some of the best second best players on a champion deserve that too. Yeah, Butler fifty two point four million dollars in his oh age God. age thirty six season. You will have, and they also have Kyle Lowry making just under thirty million during for his age thirty seven season. And I guess your your point about Embiid specifically is well taken. Not that like, you know, will will he still be effective at that age? It's just like, will he even play? You know, mm-hmm. like if he plays, like those guys, Butler, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's probably an overpay, but he's so durable that he's so likely to be involved if they're good and they need him. Yeah. With Embiid, it's like it could be a zero, like he's mm-hmm. literally not playing for you, or or he's going to be great and he's going to be worth every penny of that. And there's really like no middle ground in my mind at that age for him. Yeah, I, you know, I saw I saw Bavada still has the 76ers as the third most likely team to to win the Eastern Conference next year, and I think that's fair behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn. But Joel, like. I don't understand the people that think this is a question and whether or not this was the right move or not. Like, this is a guy who finally, by the way, finally started to take his health a little more seriously in terms of his diet, in terms of his nutrition and all of that stuff in the offseason. Lost weight before last year. And you assume that he was going to continue that trend as he himself has said he wants, still wants to lose more weight and get in better shape. But more to that, this is a guy, you know... I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say, and by no stretch of the imagination am I saying he's the third best seven-footer to ever play basketball. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm prefacing all of this with that. I think he might be the third most talented, third most naturally skilled seven-footer to ever play basketball. I I don't think I disagree with that. I mean, I like I think that you could reasonably, you know, argue that there were there are others, but I think that he's. From a shooting and dribbling and passing perspective, if that's what you mean by skill plus the exactly. defense, I mean, it's, yeah, for sure. I, I I think that's a totally reasonable thing to say. And, um, you know, and I mean, 
the only reason he wasn't the number one pick was, you know, was injuries. And, and mm-hmm. that's just always going to be part of his, his ability to keep himself in top form is, you know, hit like, let me take a step back. Embiid to me as an outsider, I would say, uh, is like his personality is both a blessing and a curse because he doesn't take himself too seriously. And so he doesn't get like so bogged down in the game and getting like infinitely better that he's not a complete psychopath, Mm -hmm. but, and that's a good thing in some ways, but it obviously also maybe holds him back from being the very best basketball player he can be. I think that's fine. It just kind of like is what it is. And um, that's, but he's, that's still good enough to win a championship with him leading it. And I think that's, that's a, that's an awesome place to be. I don't know. I think you actually underestimate the, the work he puts in on skill development because this is a guy who every single year comes back with, with new tricks in the bag. Mm. You know, if unlike a guy, uh, you know, a a current teammate of his, (laughs) if, if that guy had the same attitude, I think we'd be talking, the narrative would be very different right now, but yeah, yeah, this is, this was a no brainer. You, of course, of course you're going to resign Joel Embiid. Of course you are. Why would you not? Like the attitude, he has the perfect attitude. He's the perfect match for the city. Like he's just, it makes sense. You, of course, you make that move. Yeah. Uh, one other, one other basketball move that happened this week. I sent this to you yesterday. The the Memphis Grizzlies, who just acquired uh, Patrick Beverly, are trading him to the Timberwolves. By the way, this only came in after Marcus Smart resigned with the Celtics. The Timberwolves were hot after Smart. Mm. Yep. Uh, and they get, uh, in exchange, Memphis gets Jarrett Culver, the number six pick in the draft a couple of years ago, and Wancho Hern, uh, Hernan Gomez. Yeah. I, what was the first trade for Beverly? It was like, so it was, what uh, Bled, it was, was Bledsoe given? for Beverly, Otoro, and Rajon Rondo. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel like that to get, um, to get Culver and, you know, those other pieces for, you know what they did i i mean i think the grizzlies did a really nice job here of just taking you know totally worth the risk we talked about culver a few weeks ago it's just like that's the perfect team to take a shot on someone like culver in my mm-hmm. mind and you know beverly is you know he's up and down he's i i understand why teams would be interested in him i think that his demeanor is you know it fits on some groups it doesn't fit with others it, I mean, mostly, you know, he's an OG that a lot of guys really respect in the league. But yeah. at the same time, like, for a team like the Grizzlies that really isn't close to winning a championship, like, you might as well take a shot on a player that could ultimately return you first-round type value in Jared Culver. Just take a shot on him. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Beverly's not going to really move the needle for you. And ultimately, even if in a best-case scenario where he's playing a lot next to Morant or whatever, or behind Morant, I mean what like you trade him in midseason, you're not getting a first rounder or something. There's just no there's no version of this going away where you could get something better in my mind than Culver. I agree completely. And I, I would want I would want Patrick Beverly nowhere near uh John Morant if I was the Grizzlies. <laughs> so and, and look don't don't underrate uh Wancho Hernan Gomez. Like Hernan Gomez when he yeah. came over from Denver to uh to Minnesota Plays 14 games in a fairly short sample size, not this past year, but the year prior to that. This year, he, he struggled with injuries, and that's why he didn't play for Spain in the Olympics. But, you know, 13 points, 7.3 rebounds and assists in about 30 a night. 
he's an NBA player and he's a, he's a useful backup big guy. This is an this is an incredible deal for the Grizzlies. I yeah I agree. And again we we talked about Culver for a, probably too long a few weeks ago, but yeah, it, he's like we outlined all the reasons why the risk is worth taking, and then you add a piece like Hernan Gomez. Like I mean that that's. That over the course of a season, a backup big man, it's it's not the same as a backup point guard or a backup swing. Like backup big men are might as well be part of your rotation. Like they're gonna play. Yeah. It's like having a like a fourth defensive lineman. You know, you're gonna need them, and even if they're not starting on the field right away. And so that's that from that perspective. Like I, I think that it's just a home run because yeah. And I don't like, I think there are things Beverly could have probably brought into Morant's game that are good, but they're, you're right. They could have gone the other way. And that's why I was saying like, it's a very, he's a very polarizing player on a bunch of different levels. And I think it's better to just not, not mess with the soup. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're on the upswing. Like, let's just, let's just keep it the way it is and make, keep this Jaws team and, and have no questions about that. Can I tell you, I I expect that uh, that Anthony Edwards and Patrick Beverly are not going to get along. <laughs> like Edwards is the most aloof, barely cares guy, and Patrick Beverly is uh, is not going to tolerate that. I, and you know, and then Towns is like, you know, he's. I got to be careful with how I say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's. You have to. You. It's going to take the right mix of personalities to bring out the best in Towns. Yeah. And um and the same thing with Edwards, you know, and I, it's a very delicate balance that they're trying to strike there. I I mean, I know that Rosas is is, you know, obviously a heavily analytics minded um decision maker, but this this one kind of reeks of desperation to me. Yeah, it, there has to be something we don't know about Culver, but it seems like yeah. the Tim, the Timberwolves are trying to do everything humanly possible to keep Towns happy by surrounding him with his f- friends and in a lot of cases former teammates. They get D'Angelo Russell. You know the the talk long before the bubble was that Devin Booker was the third target. Obviously, he's unattainable right now. But another former you know Montverde kid uh, in Ben Simmons is out there. He's still a big Timberwolves target. I I just don't know that Towns is a guy who you surround with his friends and hope the best for it. What is Beverly his friend? I, like, oh no, but this totally this is different. just an no, but this is just an opportunity, you know, because the news came out today that Beverly could even be used as p- another piece to make contracts work in a potential uh, three team deal for oh, Ben Simmons. Interesting. Got it. Okay, that would. How about if Beverly goes to <laughs> has three different no, teams in like a week? Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that with Philly. I'm just saying to whatever team if you're saying in a three way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Beverly, but uh, but at the same time, I could absolutely see it happening. Um, <laughs> as frustrating as that would be, because that's that's what my life is. But uh, who knows? You're Zen, remember? I am nothing but Zen, and you know, Zen is the best thing for a podcast host. People really like it when there's no no hot takes and <laughs> the 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 energy level doesn't really rise. It's all just hey, monotone the entire time. Do you guys hear Underdog this week? They were just so chilled out and had yeah. nothing to say. <laughs> no, man, just said everything was cool. It was cool. <laughs> it's all good. I feel like that's probably my my brand, so I can't really get too into it. 
Uh, let's we've got a, <laughs> that. No, you you are. I am. I am the one who who directs the conversation, and I rely on you for the hard hitting actual insight. Oh, so hard hitting indeed. Your your uh, your value is unparalleled here, my friend. Wow. But, Thank you so much. But, what a zen thing to say. Yeah, probably not more important than me, but on a level with, I would say. <laughs> just in the just, in the neighborhood. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you you can see my house from where you live. That's um, right. I'm the creepy neighbor. <laughs> I've got some of that going on too. Um, anyway, uh, we've got about 20 minutes left here. I thought. Uh, now that we're a couple of weeks into the NBA and, and pardon me NFL preseason, let's let's take a stab at some awards picks uh, going off Ooh. of going off of the the odds over at Bavada right now. I thought uh, this could be a fun thing for us to do, and uh, you know look back on it or you know maybe just remember back and uh, see how right we were, how wrong we were. You know who the hell knows. Let's. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, this. Uh, let's just start with the order it's in. Let's start with uh, the NFL 2021-2022 MVP. Bavada has, and this is not going to be a shocker to you, the favorite is Patrick Mahomes, plus 500, followed by a guy you know a little bit, Aaron Rodgers, plus 800. Best friends. Best friends. You guys uh, actually, Antri's a big a big uh, part. He was a big confidant that talked Aaron Rodgers out of uh, a long-term career with the Packers here. That's right. That's right. Uh, you just you know, want to see him spread his wings a little. Josh Allen, number three at plus 1,000. Tom Brady, plus 12. Dak, plus 14. Kyler, plus 14. Russell, plus, uh, Russell Wilson, plus 14. Lamar Jackson, 16. Stafford, 16. Uh, Herbert, 18. Mayfield, 22. And uh, so on, so on, so on. All the way down there to Mac Jones at plus 20,000 at Bavada. Wow, Mac Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing that all those players had in common that you mentioned are they're all quarterbacks, right? Yes. So, I mean, I, I think that it's safe to say we're we're basically saying the best quarterback award, which means which of those players, which is the best value for a player who's likely to be on a winning team? Not necessarily mm-hmm. player with the best stats, you know, the best, and, you know, especially because the quarterbacks really are divided down the middle now in terms of dual threats versus passers and so um i really think it's going to be you know the quarterback on the best team and you know mahomes is just such an obvious pick but you're not going to get a whole lot of value for that so going down the line i mean i kind of want to knock out i think we we did do this like a little bit ago maybe a month or two ago just from like a very first glance Mm -hmm. and um you know I love Matt Stafford. I think that it's going to be really fun seeing him in that offense, but I can, I'm concerned about that division. And I'm also concerned about like a first year in a totally different offense that he's never been in. I mean, he, for all the different offensive coordinators, the Lions had over the years, they never had a McVay disciple um, right. or I guess a Shanahan disciple. And it is a totally different language. We saw Rogers. It took a year with Matt Ryan. It took a year. So Stafford, maybe next year. Um, I think, I mean, this is going to be crazy, but, like, you didn't mention the Niners quarterbacks. Like, I I think that those could provide interesting potential value there. So, Garoppolo is plus 8,000, Trey Lance plus 8,000 at Bavada. Wow, okay. So, those are, like, yeah, those are down the line. I mean, Josh Allen of those guys, like, stuck out to me just because, um, you know, it feels like he might be, it might be time for him to take that step. I'm worried about Dak's arm. I, like... 
shoulder. I just, yeah. I just am worried about the shoulder. Like it's, it's first time back. Like, you know, that even the slightest hint of a, a separated shoulder that maybe he plays through in a different year. Um, or that, you know, someone like Russell Wilson, maybe, or Tom Brady, whoever plays through, that's yeah. not going to be something Dak does. No. Um, so I, I really like the possibilities of Josh Allen. I think that he would play every single game for them. He can clearly run and pass, and I think the Bills are a really good bet to win that division. So, I mean, that that to me is probably the best pick of, of that group. I am going to stay away from Deshaun Watson at plus 3,500. <laughs> I think that <laughs> might be might be throwing call. your money away. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll go a little bit further down just to just to throw a crazy you one out. You stopped at Baker. I wanted to hear. Uh, oh, okay. Hear. Well, Tannehill. Yeah. I I just didn't know how long to read. Uh, oh, Tannehill. Tannehill's plus twenty two. Derek Henry is plus thirty three. Jalen Hurts is plus thirty three. There uh, we go. Matt Let's Ryan. Hey, right Jalen there. Hurts has had a good preseason. He. I uh, watched that. He looked good. Uh, I mean, look, if you have a weapon like Quez Watkins, you're going to look good. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan plus 33. And by the way, congratulations. What do you say about Quez? Do you say uh, the secret's out on Quez the secret's Watkins? secret's out. Yeah, something? Quez Watkins <laughs> is trending to be a starting wide receiver in Philadelphia and through receiver sets, by the way. Mm, oh. For the for for the, uh, for the fantasy football fans out there, Quez Watkins is going to get a lot of snaps, at least if things keep going the way they are right now in Philadelphia. <clears throat> um I mentioned Matt Ryan plus 33. Congratulations to the Falcons, the NFL's first and only team 100% vaccinated. Very cool. Good job, Atlanta. You, Arthur Blank, you know, for how much he gets made fun of for looking like a vampire, he is like a really <laughs> good, I think he's a really good owner. And I've been very, very impressed with him. Not just because like, you know, that kind of messaging, it has to come from the top. Yeah. And he's been, I think, fantastic with, you know, with hiring and, and interviewing candidates of very diverse backgrounds and doing doing the due diligence. I, I mean I'm I've been I've been impressed. Uh I mentioned the aforementioned Deshaun Watson plus thirty five. Carson Wentz trending to play week one plus four thousand. Christian McCaffrey plus four thousand. Joe Burrow at four, Tua at four, Jameis at five with cousins, uh Dalvin Cook at six sixty six. The guy I was going to mention, uh, I think Derek Carr is an interesting gamble Ooh. at plus, plus 6,600. I like, I like where your head's at there. Like, I mean, if you're thinking about value plays, like look at the guys around them and where a player might stick out. That, that definitely makes sense to me. I, I was going to bring up Burrow. I think Burrow's got a chance. Like if you're just throwing a couple bucks down, you want to throw four bucks, make yourself, what, 160? Mm-hmm. I mean, why not the guy? That is great math. Know, is it? Is that right? I, think I don't. Right. I don't know, but it seems about right, and that's that's great math. <laughs> that's that's just someone who gambles a lot. But um, no, that's <laughs> I appreciate that. That I I mean Bur- both Burrow and then Tua. You know, you talked about Hurts having a good preseason. Tua, by all accounts, is really doing a great job. They add Will Fuller mm-hmm. to that offense. I think you know those second year quarterbacks. You know, Herbert is way 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 up there, but like. I, all three of them were grouped together going into last year and Burrow gets hurt and you know, who knows? I, I like, I think that it could easily happen where those other two guys are just as good statistically. Well, I, if that's the case, then I think two is the most interesting of the three, because I just don't know that, that Burrow is going to be, that that Bengals team is going to be good enough to support an NB, MVP quarterback. Yeah. I mean, very much a fair assessment, especially if we use what, 
we talked about earlier where it's like, you know, wins are likely right. to translate to a quarterback winning. I mean, that I mean, from when for me, when I do these, think of them like a stock again, like you buy low and then you're hoping you can sell high by hedging some of it off late in the season. So mm-hmm. it's a good point. Like, I mean, if Tua gets off to a really hot start, maybe you take some of that potential 160 and put it on Josh Allen or on Mahomes or whoever else is near the top later on in the year. If not a quarterback, who would you be putting your money on? Ooh, that's a great question. This is going to sound very biased, but Devontae Adams in his last dance year with Rodgers, like mm-hmm. you don't think Rodgers is going to be targeting him every well, single time. But Randall Cobb's um, back. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and probably not starting. So um, I think, I mean, Adams is one. I Like you said, McCaffrey, of course. I think that's that's an obvious one just because he can run and pass. I'm sorry, run and catch. Mm-hmm. If he could pass, it'd be something special. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are the two guys. I really don't see anybody else that can that's going to catch enough, you know, where there's such a discrepancy between who the top guy is and everybody else on their roster. Yeah, I mean, like, what, is, what does Nick Chubb have to do to win MVP? Like, 2,100 yards a season? I mean, if Kareem Hunt gets hurt, then you, Chubb enters the chat, but yeah. I think until then, it's too, it's too much, too hard. I agree with that. Uh, Devontae Adams plus 10,000 at Bavada right now. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. That is, not, we're not talking about bad odds for him. <laughs> That's you know, hundred no. bucks wins you ten thousand. You can you can live with that. Your guy Jordan Love plus fifteen thousand. So some uh, some shit would have to happen. What about Jameis? Or famous Taysom Hill? famous is plus mentioned. five. Uh, Taysom is not listed. So I mean, I think I think we all know who the starting quarterback is going to be, despite the fact that there is apparently an open competition. Um, yeah. Without Michael Thomas, that offense looks totally different. Very, very, very true. Um, Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I know he's he's out there on the sidelines now, but I don't know how much that is about like him actually coming back versus trying to be a good soldier. So they flip him um, Mm -hmm. if things go awry early. Yeah, who did they just? They signed Kevin White, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know that that's going to be the Michael Thomas replacement they were hoping for. And they're saying uh, they're saying Juwan Johnson is going to have like a, like a, um, who is it? the uh, the cook the Jared Cook like role in that offense. Well, really, they're going to put him at tight end. Uh, I mean, he was always he's always been big. So yeah, that's wouldn't fair. shock me. Although Troutman's a tight end, right? Oh well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta go down that road. I yeah, that the Saints are gonna be they play the Packers week one. I like they were undefeated without Breeze last year, I believe. Or maybe they lost one game. They were really good. I do not see that happening again for them. For the record, Juwan Johnson has converted to tight end. Interesting. And I mean that wow. I think he ran like a four point seven five or something like that at the combine. So Yeah. Not does sh- sound very Jared Cook like. Shocking. Right. Elite athlete Juwan Johnson. <laughs> Uh, let's talk NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Bavada has Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett at number two, behind only Aaron Donald at plus four fifty, Garrett at plus five fifty, TJ Watt plus seven fifty, Chase Young's plus eight, Bosa comma Nick plus eleven, Bosa comma Joey uh, plus fourteen, Khalil Mack fifteen, Derwin James twenty five, Bobby Wagner. Bradley Chubb, Daniil Hunter, Darius Leonard, Devin White, Jalen Ramsey, Minka Fitzpatrick, Shaquille Barrett, Stephon Gilmore, Tredavious White, Von Miller, 
plus 3,300. Oh, okay. Um, lots of parse there. I'd be like, I would just go away from Donald because it's just not, it's like betting Mahomes. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably the likeliest outcome, but it's not really going to pay out much. And it's not, the payout is not equal to the likelihood, you know? Right, right. Um, but what about Chase Young at eight? I like, I was going to say, I like Chase Young. I like Garrett, um, but that's still probably too low. I think Daniil Hunter is a guy to look for, though, because that mm-hmm. defense, I mean, they're going to be on the field a lot because I just don't think they're very good. And that's how you rack up stats. You know, it's like if you're if your guys out there getting a lot of burn and, and making a lot of big plays, which Daniil Hunter often does, mm-hmm. and you think about two of those three teams in the division, he's going against pretty terrible tackles um, in the Bears and Lions and the Packers aren't aren't necessarily going to have Bakhtiari the first, you know, uh, half of the season, basically. And so if that's the case, I mean, Daniil Hunter is is really interesting. Um, and then, like, again, you're looking for numbers. I I think Darius Leonard off the big deal might be someone to look at, too, um, just because, like, you get tackles and picks and forced fumbles, and he can do all those things. And I think that that's, that's someone to look at. And then, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick – after the year he had last year, you know that he can do a lot of different stuff too. Mm. And another defense, I think, will be on the field a lot. Well, and if we're talking about Fitzpatrick, I think we have to we have to include Derwin James, assuming that yeah. he can stay healthy. That's that's the key, though. I, I was gonna say I'm a little surprised actually. Like, if we're looking for players who stick out in a positive way, then the opposite for me is the case with Derwin, just because he's awesome. I mean, we all love Derwin James, but. Mm. He's just never on the field. Like he's right. he's always always hurt, and so it's really hard to for me to put my money on someone like that. But you know, yeah, the argument against it is if he is healthy, then he should go high. He should be right up there with the top guys. So you know, I, I guess I get it from that. And then you know, he's also got Brandon Staley now as mm-hmm. his you know defensive coach, which he you know of course put a lot of Rams in great positions to win this award the last few years. How do you feel about Jamal Adams plus 5,000? Giant new contract for Jamal Adams. Yeah, I mean, they might be incentivized to put him in positions to justify that deal. Mm-hmm. So that could be a good could be a good option. And again, you know, you're playing against, like, you're looking for players, maybe not players on great defenses, but just players that are going to have the opportunity to make lots of plays. And it's on, like the Seahawks, they're going to be in shootouts in that division, I think. So not a bad call at all. Well, I love the let's take your money picks by mentioning guys who are used to be really good and now probably not going to win this. And uh, well, Watt Watt is certainly there plus 5,000, but more so I was thinking Richard Sherman at plus 8,000 at Bavada. Is he even, what's he even doing? Is he Uh, like, he is not in the NFL is what he's doing. I was going to say, I I was like, did I miss something? Um, Yeah. No, no. and he had that whole free cash. He had that whole little uh, that little yeah. incident a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Hard That's... time believing he, anybody's going to jump to sign Richard Sherman anytime soon. And uh, and the last guy on the list, Leighton Vander Esch, like he is one bad piece of contact away from never playing football again. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a no. That's a no from me too, dog. Uh, defensive rookie of the year at Bavada. This this is an interesting group. Micah Parsons plus four fifty. Uh, Jamin Davis, Jamin, I don't ever know how his name is Jamin. pronounced. Jamin, Jamin Davis, plus five hundred. Jalen Phillips plus seven fifty. Quiddy Pay plus nine. Awusu Kuramoa plus nine fifty. 
Sertain the second plus a thousand, Horn plus fourteen, uh, Zayvon Collins plus fifteen, Ojolari plus sixteen, Farley plus sixteen, Rousseau plus two thousand. Um, formerly, this is his government name, Jason Owe. <laughs> we, don't, we don't use that anymore. I just don't exactly remember Odafi, Odafe, something. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he changed his name. He doesn't go okay. by Jason anymore. Uh, he's plus two thousand. Greg Newsom plus twenty six, and uh, and so on and so on. I mean, hard not to watch that first week and not think Ousu Koromoa mm. is the guy, and that's someone we liked a lot going into the draft. And the Browns have him, and he's going to be flying all over the field. And you know, similar to to um, what we talked about there with Darius Leonard, like he's gonna he's gonna have the counting stats. I think. Yeah, that's. That is going to be big for him. And then I, since Sertan sounds like he's just crushing it for Denver, so he'd be someone I'd be looking at too. Those both, I'm surprised they're not higher, really. I mean, I know, you know, you're going to get a lot of stats for sure with, with the Dallas middle linebacker, but, you know, I, I like those other two guys. I like referring to him as the Dallas middle linebacker and not, not right. actually putting any uh, respect on Micah Parsons' name uh, because like he, he is an evil cowboy now. <laughs> that's right so, i knew you'd appreciate that have uh have you been watching hard knocks at all i i have not caught them yet is, is it good couldn't tell you won't watch it wow just dallas huh it was it's like all or nothing uh, a couple of years ago when dallas was on i just i don't know like i i don't like the idea of this is this is gonna glorifying sound the weird enemy. and awful. It's not even glorifying, but but humanizing. Humanizing, yeah. yeah. I, I I want them to be the evil cowboys. I don't want to be like, <laughs> eh, I kind of like that guy. Yeah, no. I totally. If the bears were on it, I would be doing the exact same thing. So I can't blame you. Yeah, and let me tell you, Justin Fields is not the most likable rookie in the NFL this year. Can I? Oh man, we're gonna get to offensive rookie of the year in a sec. But I have never seen a more like absurd reaction to preseason than the insane slobbering over Justin Fields' second half against the Dolphins. Okay, yeah. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, Fields is actually on the MVP list at Bavada plus 1250. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I think we, we might be jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, do you want to do the offensive side, or you want to save that for next week? Totally up to you. We can either way. Um, you know, we, we, we constantly need content and, uh, it's as good a, as good a teaser as we can possibly do. Oh yeah. So uh, then we'll have, we'll have more grounds to, to justify the Justin Fields conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wild overreaction is the, the way to, re- to respond. And just what a, what a jackass. He's like, oh, the game was a little <laughs> bit slow for me. Oh my God. I, I, all right, so whatever. I watched. I watched that game, and I thought that he was pretty good. Yeah, I like have no idea what it was about that, which most people were clearly not watching if they were reacting the way they were. Because the touchdown pass, there wasn't someone within twenty five yards of him. No, and on the touchdown run, there was a blown. There was a flag on the field, so all the defensive players stopped playing. I mean, I think either way, like they were fine. He was fine. He was not bad at all. I would never say it was a bad performance. It wasn't like. God's gift to quarterback, no. basically. So, like, let's just pump the brakes a little in general on anything that happens in the preseason, but especially with a rookie quarterback playing against third stringers in the first ever game. 
Meanwhile, number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence on his first ever snap in the NFL, granted the preseason, takes a sack and uh, gets a forced fumble by the Cleveland Browns. Oh, there you go. He's a I, bust. I, I think that, Trade him. that is safe to say. All right, we're going to talk much more about the offensive side of the ball next week. Until then, this has been The Underdog. I've been Chris Horwardell. He's been Anji Kana. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.